Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGurra, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hill of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing which is better, decision by committee or decision by um, an individual. Um, and unusually, due to the lockdown, uh, we're recording this remotely. Yeah, so recently um, you guys contacted me because you've got a new project underway um, and for which you're having a dedicated logo made. And rather kindly, um, you, you you brought me into the loop just to get my view on which which logo do you think we should oh, go with. Only so we could do the exact opposite of what you suggested. <laughs> yeah, and I'd, actually I don't know what the result of that was yet. Um, but for me, when I looked at the logos, there's about six or seven, something like that to choose from. Um, and straight away, there was one that I felt was head and shoulders above the rest. And I said, look, forget, so I think I emailed that back to Nick, say, look, I've taken a look, this is really simple. Because in, in, in classic sort of Aleph style, you, you, you'd wanted me to sort of, call, yeah, like there were five, there were five different Aleph categories. Style, we, we, wanted to, we wanted somebody to think about it. And in classic yeah. Fraser style, he shot from the hip. And we designed a, an elaborate assessment framework involving yeah, exactly. several different categories <laughs> exactly. in which you could rate. It was like two universes colliding, really. Um, and so, you know, um, yeah, I didn't want to go through this whole sort of giving numbers to stuff and rating it on this versus that and going through all the five of them when I could see that straight away there was one. Look, this is the one. Clearly, it's the best. Um, and I said to Nick, look, I, there's one that I like. Can I do this? And he said, no, you need to make sure um, because we need to make sure that it's sort of um, in, you know, there's a coherent um you need to we need to make sure they're standardized how how this gets decided on which um which one we have which i was outraged um and so i had to sort of rather begrudgingly go through all the different ones and give a one to this give a two to that five you know which i felt was pointless because it was just you're, you'd already decided and it was a lot of work trying to make your scores fit your opinion yeah exactly i was making the the the, the tail wag the dog exactly that and so that was the result, and I was just sort of sitting there going, razzle, snazzle, like that, um, just thinking, well, clearly an individual uh, decision in some case, cases, um, an individual decision-making process is way better than a committee decision. Um, and here we are now. So I, I guess the, uh, the the first one is, which did you, did you decide which, uh, which logo to go with? No, I still, we still haven't polled as many people as we'd like. <clears throat> so you just happened to be sort of there. So I, so I thought, oh, I'll ask you first. Um, but yeah, no, we haven't we haven't really rolled out the uh, the 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 assessment yet. But um, no, I mean you know, but it, yeah, I, I guess I mean you know this the thing is you you see the theory is why why groups ought to be better is because they have a bigger bigger collective memory, so they have a bigger pool of information to draw on, and if they share it, then they're just more likely to form the correct belief about things. Right. So um, and I mean, with with things like the logo, I mean, it's almost like directly going to the source because we want people to look at it and go, oh, that looks good. That's so, that, you know, if, if the people we ask say, yeah, that looks good, um, then that, you know, you'd think, well, that's answering the question, really. Um, but I think when you think of collective decision making, it's probably more you're thinking more along the lines of designing a logo for example where you get sort of six people around a table and mm. you all sit there going oh i think this one should be a bit squigglier or we need some more purple there or we need um you know we need this to have a square on it and then we need to have and and that's the sort of 
the the caricature for decision mm. by committee. We need to find parallel lines that all cross. Uh, exactly. Is that sort of sense of you know if if I were to say this car looks like it was designed by a committee, mm. you'd know what I meant. It would look like you know fifteen different people had had an input into it, and there was no coherent um, design over the whole thing. Mm. Mm. So, you know, uh, on one hand, decisions being are being made by groups all the time. Um, right up to the very top. I mean, obviously in the UK, you know, decisions are made by the cabinets and they take collective responsibility. So they, they all pretend that they all agreed with everything that the cabinet decides to do. Um, and um, that's the norm. Decision-making by boards is the norm in the world of business. It's very rare to get someone who's, you know, invested with all the power to make decisions. And yet at the same time, we all we all take the mickey out of, uh, uh, to, you know, how, how bad... Um, groups aren't making decisions so yeah the question really is uh are groups better or worse and under what circumstances and how can you if you have a group that makes decisions how can you make sure that it's going to be more likely to be the good kind rather than the bad kind yeah okay yeah i think the question is why don't you just go with my bloody selection for the logo that i think that's really the the, the, the question but anyway um uh peter any any views any any anything to say at this point yeah well um uh this this goes really to the core of aleph insights and what we do and why we exist uh, uh-huh. and and as a systems engineer i find the idea this sort of concept of decision design quite an interesting one um and i think the the sort of the the much maligned decision by committee is really a colloquial shorthand for uh, uh, where where a decision making process has been poorly designed or not designed at all, just be a historic kind of evolution of what, uh, of how cl- decisions are collectively made by a group of people. Um, because it, as Nick said, the, the, in theory, the the group decision should be better, um, but it falls foul of a number of things, um, various biases, individual biases, but also collective biases. It falls foul of people not sharing information when they could. Um, it falls foul of not making use of people's special uh, particular skills, all sorts of all sorts of things, well-researched uh, or well-understood. Um, but the, the process you go, you should, one should go through when you're designing how a governance structure works for a thing um, is, an, is, is a fairly exact science, I think. Um, and it really depends on a number of factors about the nature of the decisions that are going to be made. So, for example, the decisions that a, a county council make uh, routinely day by day are quite different from the decisions that a military commander has to make, quite different, again, from the decisions that the CEO of a large corporation have to make. They're very different sets of problems, um, but there are common factors between those which you can use to design how that governance structure w- should work and should operate in order to make it most efficient and most applicable to the problem set that it faces. Well, I think, and I think there's an efficient, there's, there, there's clearly when you're designing such a thing as a decision-making structure, a trade-off to be made between um, efficiency and quality uh, in the sense that, you know, we know that decisions through committee are slow. Um, and that's one of the reasons why people punt difficult topics into committees mm. because they take time. It takes time to share information. It takes time to analyze it, compute it, you know, as a group, um, and then to and then to sort of agree on a common view. Um, and that's why the military don't do that because they actually a lot of the time you're you're willing to accept a worse decision because you need a decision now. And, and well, well, allocate I, I, would, the I, I would 
I would slightly disagree with that. Although they don't discuss all decisions in the military, what they do do is they exercise mission command so that decisions are devolved to the lowest possible level to the person who is closest to the problem. So, um, uh, but decisions are collectively made because there's constant information sharing between different parts of a military organization. But if, if a decision has to be made, a tactical decision has to be made, it's made by the tactical commander who's there at the time. And they, they, they are given the support of the, the, their superiors. So there's always somebody higher up um, who's got nothing necessarily to do with the decision, but they, they've empowered their subordinates to make that decision. So it's not it's not like a it's not a sort of uh, a classic Wehrmacht kind of uh, uh, decision making process where everything. Wait, goes on. The Wehrmacht invented mission command. No, well, they were well, they were highly they, centralized, and they, they 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 failed to respond as quickly as they could. They they should have been able to. I'm thinking First World War kind of. Oh, uh, okay, fine. Um, they, 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 they I, were too I'm out of my depth here with this military history, but uh... yeah, they, they, they were far too centralized, and everything had to get come from the top, and like, like much like the much like the Soviet Union as well. Um, but modern mission command is a very different animal um, in that it's highly devolved. So it, you could you and 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 this that that model is applicable to business. So if you're um, if you're corporate directors who have different seats you've got a finance director and you've got the hr director and you've got the technical director they are empowered to make decisions within their own brief but as soon as a decision meets a certain criteria then it becomes the board for a collective decision because it's too big or it's too it's too broad for one director to make but effective boards they have power over their own column below them um out of interest um something i've often wondered about you started up at the beginning talking about cabinet um nick um and i've often wondered and and you two sort of come from government. Um, I often, I've often wondered to what extent a minister has leeway um, within his or her um, within his her brief. So, <clears throat> and I, I, I've never quite understood. So, if we take for example the Home Secretary, to what extent can they? How does decision decision making work there? I, I'm not sure. There's like a single set of rules, and I think you you people have you know who've been around much longer than I have, have talked about the different styles, you know, of different um, different uh, administrations. And some of them, I mean, I think, you know, if you take uh, Tony Blair, mm. I think really centralised a lot of power in number 10 and, and exerted a lot of control over... Um, what different departments were doing, um, you know, particularly presentationally, but, but you know, in general about sort of thinking really across government about the strategy of how, you know, how what individual departments were doing fitted into the government's overall agenda um, in a way that hadn't been done, you know, so much previously. So I, I don't think, I mean, my I don't think there's a set of rules which govern those. Um, mm. I think it's just, you know, the the particular practice of specific administrations. I would imagine, like everything else in the British Constitution, it's kind of made up as they go along. But mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, to be honest, I was never involved. I've never been involved with decision making at that level. So I just, you know, can only go on anecdotes. You were only well, following I, I orders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So look, where do we go? Yeah. Well, I mean, so I've, uh, there's quite a lot of research into what makes decisions good or bad, and and and, and the factors that can influence um, the quality of decisions. I, it's worth saying though that you know being able to study it in the wild requires being able to say whether or not um, a decision was good or bad. And that actually is not straightforward at all because you can't really go on outcomes because good decisions aren't necessarily the same as the ones that lead to good outcomes and so on. 
Um, and, you know, when it's been studied in the, the lab, obviously, you then have the constraint that actually it could be a very unrealistic setting. Yeah. Um, so uh, with those caveats out of the way, um, studies into decision making shows that generally collective decision making is pretty bad. Um, and, uh, you know, the the so there's a guy called Paul Nutt who studied uh, hundreds of decisions in, in business and came to the conclusion that um, two thirds of them used failure prone processes. So um, everyone everyone knows that uh, getting lots of people to participate in a discussion when you're trying to make a decision as a group is a good idea. But in practice, when people have studied it, they found that uh, that actually only a small number of people tend to participate in discussion mm -hmm. and don't actively encourage other people, you know, to come forward. Um, they, uh, you know, that there's a lot of focus on the on blaming for things that went wrong, and that tends to discourage people from being. Um, you know, from taking risks or at least suggesting risky courses of actions for appraisal. Um, their people tend to focus on things that are beyond their control, um, you know, in discussion. And and um, there's also, you know, this sort of group anchoring effect, which is that, you know, people will tend to spend a long time discussing the first idea uh, that comes along. And that sort of becomes a, a kind of thing which has to be displaced, even though it's just entirely random that that happened to get raised first. So lots of these kind of failure modes which are common. Um, and then, you know, the, the sorts of biases that have been unearthed in group decision making is two major ones, really, which is one is is groupthink, which is um, where people go along with other people without really questioning whether they're right. I mean, it, you know, agreeing with people becomes more important than being right. Um, very, very common studied in the um, in the in the lab uh, by Ash, I think, in the 70s, where, you know, we got people to agree to quite, you know, obviously wrong things simply because everyone else, you know, who was paid to go along with it as part of the experiment had had agreed with it. You know, things like so one of the studies looked into which of these lines is the shorter. And there were, you know, three lines and one was obviously shorter than the other two. And, and, and a sizable percentage of people uh, agreed with something else because everyone else had, had given a different answer. And the other one is polarization. Um, which is this phenomenon where a group um, with a certain set of views, like about the suitability of a candidate for a job or something, um, will come out of it with more extreme views than any of them went in there with, um, which is another another thing that, you know, people have. So and, and so that, you know, looking there's lots of there's sort of famous historical decisions which which people have, have you know, pinned these biases to. And um, that includes um, the invasion of Iraq in 2003 and um, the Bay of Pigs invasion um, 1962 but also things like uh, appeasement in in the 1930s and so on so there's lots of things where people people have, have alleged that these biases are prevalent so yeah I mean I mean quite well studied well understood how it goes wrong and yet you know people just it doesn't seem to actually affect the way people behave but also, presumably, I mean, although, you know, we talked at the beginning about my preference in that individual case for um, an individual decision, you know, I think Peter's point um, that there's all sorts of different kinds of decisions and different sort of circumstances. Um, so it's not a sort of, you know, a one model fits all. Um, but nonetheless, broadly speaking, you know, decisions by a group should be better. And you talked about some of the pitfalls there. So how do we avoid that? If we still think that's the better way to go, I, well, I yeah, I mean, I, I suspect without having any data, and just this is pure speculation, that where decisions are badly made by groups of people, like the Bay of Pigs, etc., that's where uh, either a deliberately engineered 
decision-making system has been badly engineered or no deliberate engineering has occurred in the decision-making system and it's just a group of people having a chat and coming up with some kind of consensus or there is a a well-engineered system that has been deliberately or or unadvertedly subverted in some way. So, So... for example, the, the 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 higher echelons of American decision making generally, by and large, pretty good. They they run a very powerful country and they seem to get it right most of the time, notwithstanding current administration. But the the um but they the, the, that decision was probably a political one to make to 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 go ahead with the invasion, uh, overruling much of what was being uh, suggested um, by the by the commanders and the intelligence etc. Well, I I don't know. I, I I think you're being a bit probably uh, a bit optimistic. I mean, I, I suspect that most people were just sort of um, going along with it. I think I don't I don't think. I mean, even though um, there were dissenting voices, by mm. and large, I think most people felt like it wasn't in their power to do anything about it. Well, okay. I, I, in that case, I would chalk that up to a, a badly designed decision making system. Then, um, but my my point really is that you can engineer you can engineer the decision making system to try to minimize the effect of these biases that cause the dis- bad decision making if just left unchecked yeah i think that like the number one piece of advice would be if you have some collective decision making think about how it works you know mm-hmm. think about what you're actually doing um as a group and um uh yeah I, so, I, I, so, if it helps I, I i brainstormed some of the factors which i think would be important um right go so, so time sensitivity so some decisions can be take can be taken slower burn. Some some are very pres, some are very immediate. So think tactical military decisions. You have to decide within seconds what you're going to do about the enemy shooting at you. Whereas decisions Shoot about back. so yeah decisions about no don't do that marketing. for crying out loud. You'll only make them angry. Hold yeah. on, let's have a vote. Let's take a vote. Yeah, <laughs> marketing marketing decisions about which supply you go with could take months or years to go to go through. Um, cost and scale. So, yeah, but what does, how, what does that mean then? So, let's say we had to make decisions quickly. What would what would that mean for our well decision making so, apparatus? So, if you had to make decisions quickly, you, you probably need one person to make to make the decision, um, and uh, they don't need they 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 need to avoid having lots of information flowing in. They just need to make a snap decision. Whereas time sensitivity gives you more options to design how that information feeds in, how the options are. Uh, are present uh, are are created and then discussed and then selected from um if you have more time um uh, the co- cost cost and scale so if you've got lots of small decisions to make that don't cost much if you get that wrong that's a different kind of problem to if you've got smaller number of very large decisions you need to you obviously need more information and more deliberation about the the bigger decisions um information availability sometimes you have Lots of information about your decisions. So, um, think about again marketing uh, of stuff on websites. You've got loads of data about who's coming to the websites, when they come, what times, what kinds of devices they use. All of that can inform how you go about engineering your your marketing campaign. Some decisions, like policy decisions in in government, if they're invent- if they're bringing about a new uh, a new big piece of policy, there's maybe no no precedent whatsoever for that kind of thing happening so there's no there's much less information availability um repetition and feedback how often is that kind of decision made and if it is repeated can you get feedback as to how well the decision 
how how good the outcome was of that decision that will inform that will change the way you design your decision making um technical specialties is the decision inherent are they inherently technical things about the decision do you need specialists who to who, who to to be a key part of the sort of scenario generation uh the option selection and the and the, the option identification and the option selection and finally accountability are the are the decisions you're making does it require legally as well as sort of morally and socially does it need somebody to be accountable in some way for that decision in which case you need legally you need one person who's going to take the fall for for bad decisions uh, and that will affect how you design your your board um look um just talking of board i mean i can see uh, i can see one of the problems here with all the stuff that you're talking about here peter it, it, on, on one level i can see it totally makes sense on the other, when you start talking about oh, all the stuff, it's sort of for me, it goes in one ear and out the other. It's just really, I can't be bothered with all that. Let's just make a bloody decision, you know. Even if it's like about supply chain stuff that you talked about that can take years, it's just oh Christ, I can't be bothered with all that. And which makes me think, first of all, I just, I just, I just, there's there's not really a big surprise that Fraser is not <laughs> captain of industry. Um, <laughs> well, this is exactly the point I was going to make because I think you're right and I'm wrong actually, um, and. So I, I think two things. One thing that you're going to come against, come up against with this sort of thing is people like me who are just going to put a spanner in the works or become disengaged or whatever it might be. But also that's why bad decisions get made is because of people like me. <laughs> that's, and, and I'm just forever going to be, you know, whether it's me or my organization, some, you know, um, peripatetic um, decision wrong maker losing out on life that, I mean, no, I I, i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna no i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with that i don't know in your Good. case i i do not i'm not um informed enough about you but <clears throat> i mean the point about group decisions is they're different right they, they are different on average to the decisions that any individual within them will make right now if you've got a reason to believe that you're better at making decisions than people in that group then your decision is going to be on average better than the decision of the group i mean it must be it's like if you were really really good you know so you know the whole sort of argument about um about uh you know the wisdom of crowds and guessing the weight of an ox and so on mm. but if you were really good at estimating the weight of oxes then you you should just go with that and i mm. so i'm not i'm not you know yeah i i think um I'm, I know when I was when I sort of one of my first jobs as a manager, mm. uh, I was very keen on getting consensus for things. Um, uh, I was I was head of a team called Strategic Futures uh, mm. at one point. We wanted to change. I, I felt that the name was misleading. We wanted to change it. And I had a fairly clear idea that we should change it to Futures and Analytical Methods, which is a much better description of what we did. So, you know, I got all the team in, in the room. It's like, what, what do we think we should change the name to? And, you know. And then at one point I said, what do you think of this futures and analytical methods thing? And they were like, mm. yeah, so it seems all right. And then uh, one of my team who I, who I actually had a lot, a great deal of respect for said, um, uh, look, Nick, just tell us, tell us what you're going to change the name to. There's no point in doing all this. It's like, <laughs> no, you're right, actually. Yeah, we should just change it to that. Let's go with it. The, the, the problem is, of course, that you, most people aren't very well informed about how good they are at stuff. And, and, and we, you know, you, we, the well-known Dunning-Kruger effect means that you, you, if, any, if anything, like people who are really bad at stuff are more likely to think they're good at it than people who are kind of okay at things. Mm. So, so I don't really know what to advise other than to observe that, you know, um, 
I if if you if you are better at making decisions than than the people on your team, then you ought to be making them and not the people on your team. Um, but the problem is that you you probably aren't very good at working out whether that's true. Exactly, yeah, that's exactly. the downside. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's hard to operationalize that advice. Yeah. Um, one of the things you were saying there, actually, and as you were saying, it made me realize that something about myself, which I've worked in big companies, I've worked in small companies, and I much prefer working in smaller companies, just because the decision making is just much more fluid. And yeah. well, um, it's quite more discursive. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm fairly new to being in a small company. Um, and uh, it's the way things are done. Is much more discursive. You, you because there's so few of you, you can just get every, if you, you need to make a decision, even relatively minor ones. You get everyone on the hangout together and say, "What do we think of this? What do we think the best way of going forward is?" But that doesn't scale. That that's there's a, you have to engineer it differently when you get bigger. You simply can't involve everybody in every decision um, as you get bigger. Mm, mm, yeah. And I think that's why you like it because you like talking to people, whereas. Mm. I actively avoid it uh, wherever I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... <laughs> Which isn't hard because because everyone else is avoiding talking to him. So yeah. <laughs> I found the perfect yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a quick question: Has there, has there ever been a time when you've been in a particularly um, interesting situation or a particularly important situation where you're making a decision either individually or as a group? Any of you? Yes. Sorry, uh, far away, Peter. Yeah, okay, I, 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 I um. Uh, as uh, when I was a civil servant, I spent um, a, a, an operational tour attached to a uh, headquarters in Afghanistan. So I got to witness firsthand how a um, brigade level headquarters operates, which is quite mm. interesting. There's, uh, as you can imagine, uh, a campaign like Afghanistan is very complicated. There's a mm. lot going on. Aside from the military things that are going on, all of the uh, all of the stuff around to support that military operation is complicated but then also all the stuff that's helping engage with local government engage with um uh, uh national government international government all of that stuff is really there's a lot going on so the engine these headquarters are understandably quite enormous there's lots and lots of people working 24 hours a day on managing and running the, the these campaigns so that i i, I being being one small cog in that large machine was very was a very interesting experience mm, that sounds fascinating actually yeah 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 uh nick well one 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 uh intriguing insight i suppose into a very common category of um collective decision making was when i was on a jury so I got called, I've been uh -huh. called for jury service twice. The first time was a total bust because I turned up for about three days and eventually was sent home because they didn't need me, which was sad. But a few years ago, I was a, I was a juror in um, uh, Wood Green and uh, it was absolutely fascinating because, um, you know, it really, uh, it really, well, it's the opposite of restoring your faith in human nature. It was the opposite of that. Undermining. I just thought, uh, undermined it, yeah. Thank God I'm here because otherwise this would be a shit show. And, um, uh, and, and the first, luckily, there was, I'd say about two or three people there who I would have trusted to make any kind of decision about anything. <laughs> and and the rest, I mean, you know, were it was a combination of people who were entirely driven by 
intuition and anecdote um, and very difficult to get, keep focused on the topic in hand. It was all very sort of, oh, you know, I knew someone once who did that and this happened and that happened. And you think, well, OK, but what about is this person guilty or not? Yeah, but and, I had uh, a good argument that day when I said that. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> then uh, um, so naturally I was I was the foreman for, for one of these cases and, uh, uh, you know, kind of boiled down to um, essentially there were three sort of sticks in the mud who were who were clearly wanted to say uh, wanted to give a particular decision because of reasons that really didn't have very much to do with the the, the facts of the matter um, and eventually you know over the course of actually about a, about a day and a half we um, finally ground them down and uh, and got them you know we got a majority verdict in the end 10 to 2 and mm. uh, the judge accepted that Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but and and yeah, and the but it but it you know there were there were people. I mean, there were people on there who <clears throat> I don't. None of them were malicious. I mean, there weren't, there weren't anyone nasty on there. No, no one was motivated by sort of you know hatred or racism or anything like that. It was it was literally just sort of they were just using heuristics to to form views rather than um, really trying to think about it. You know, and um, and I uh, yeah, there was there's one guy who I really liked who was a, a guy from Lincolnshire who. Uh, at one point, he said, "Well, I, you know, what thing that confuses me? What I want to know is when you said something there, I, I was totally convinced by it, and then, but then when he said something over there, I thought actually he's right. I don't know what to think." <laughs> I was like, actually, if they were all like him, it would have been much easier. <laughs> yeah, whoever speaks last. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, I well, I like that. Um, unfortunately, I don't have anything remotely close to either of those. Um, but it all, just, all it does remind me of one of my favourite episodes of Happy Days. Um, is that what it was called, Happy Days, these days, you know, with, with the Fonz? Yeah, Happy Days. Yeah. Yeah, where he's a member of the jury. And everyone's against this person who's up for, um, who's cruising as a kind of um, pickpocket come shoplifter type person um, who's going by, this is the accused going by on a motorbike. Um, and nicks a purse off a lady um, and everyone's going yeah we need to send this person to jail um, except one person who's just not sure it's not oh, it just doesn't it's not right um, and of course that's the Fonz um, and and he works out that actually no that this person must be innocent because the the, the motorbike they were riding the throttle was on the left because it was a British made motorbike the throttle's on the left not the right so therefore he couldn't have used the hand that they said and then so to great um, you know glorious sort of applause Fon sort of gets the guy off the motorbike it's kind right. of uh, the 12 angry men scenario but yeah exactly yeah because your juries aren't actually explicitly not meant to do that right they, they're not meant to do their own investigation in the jury <laughs> now having said that there's there's no um there really aren't any uh rules uh i mean you know there's no no one checks what they're doing and and it's a it's a bit of a black box the jury room but they do tell you you know don't you're not you really shouldn't discuss um things that you happen to know about uh, or you know so things like that would be explicitly if another member of the jury had had decided to complain about that they'd have been entitled to do that really? i'm assuming it's the same in the us yeah yeah, yeah uh, you can't bring your own evidence to yeah to uh you know a jury decision if they, if it wasn't mentioned in court it didn't happen so maybe the fond should have been a lawyer and not a juror um yeah um okay look let's wrap up there um before we do um and on, on finishing can i can i can anyone second me in this can should we should we wrap up 
Yeah, sure. Second or, yeah, okay. And can we let's take a vote on that? I vote we wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Peter, yeah. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Okay. All right. Let's stop there. Um, thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. I've been here with Peter Cockhill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.